Hey, good evening, West Houston Christian Centers. Pastors Jack and Jack with you tonight. You get bonus Jack tonight on the broadcast. We're glad you're here. And uh, we're coming to you from the sanctuary at West Houston Christian Center. And I'm honored to have my father, my pastor, my mentor, my friend, Pastor Jack Arpigeon, the founding pastor of West Houston Christian Center with us tonight. And uh, we're going to continue our study over the next couple of weeks on the Holy Spirit. And uh, he is a wealth of wisdom and experience. Mm. Wow. So we're going to tap into that tonight as we continue learning about this, not this thing called the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. but this wonderful, unique, distinct personality uh, of the Godhead that comes and dwells within us. What I want to do real quick is just kind of recap. I started a point last week on the broadcast and I never got to finish it. So I want us to back up and we're really just trying to explain how there's really two very distinct experiences that we have with the Holy Ghost. And the original one, and I believe I shared this scripture. Let's look at John chapter four, verse 13. And this is Jesus with the woman at the well. And uh, I'm not going to read the whole uh, the whole story, but I'll just start in verse 13. And it says, and Jesus answered her, all who drink of this water will be thirsty again. Verse 14. But whoever takes a drink of the water that I will give him shall never, no, never be thirsty anymore. Amen. But the water that I will give him shall become a spring of water welling up, flowing, bubbling continually within him unto for eternal life. And what we wanted to make the distinction of is that Jesus wasn't talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which was to come in Acts chapter two. He was sharing with this woman that he was talking about salvation. Well, how do we know that? Because he says at the end of his statement that it will bubble up into eternal Amen. life. The initial indwelling or infilling of the Holy Spirit comes when we get born again. And when we get born again, we you know when we were living in sin, when we were separated from God, uh, our spirits were dead and dry. We were thirsty. Uh, we were trying to fill that thirst with the things of the world, mm, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And Jesus was telling this woman that when you have salvation, uh, I fill that spirit up to overflowing and you will never, ever thirst Amen. for that water again. But I want you to notice in John chapter seven. In verses 37 and 39, Jesus makes this statement. He said, uh, come on to me, all you who are thirsty, and I will give you uh, a drink and out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Now, in that uh, situation, Jesus was talking about the baptism of the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit. And we all know and we all allude to that when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, when we begin to speak with that prayer language, when tongues comes bubbling out of us, it is like a brook or a river or a stream. You know, and, and I'm sure you can attest to this, Dad. You know, there are different times when we're praying in the Spirit that we start off on this little bitty stream uh, and then all of a sudden Amen. we break into this. Has that ever happened with oh, you? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You, you, you start off with one language and it's really beautiful. Then something happens and you go That's to a, a complete, you know that you've connected with God when you've done that. Amen. Amen. And, and it always starts, you know, every major sea, every, you know, there's a tributary that feeds into it and it smarts, starts off small. 
And uh, as it as it grows, it bubbles and it bubbles and it gets stronger and stronger and Amen. stronger. And when we're praying in other tongues through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's what Jesus was talking about. He was trying to give them an analogy and a picture of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you got two different experiences. You have the first experience when you get born again. When that, that soul, that spirit, that part of us that has been cut off from God, that's been separated from God through the sin of what Adam and Eve did thousands of years ago, when we get born again, Amen. we get what the Bible calls us the indwelling of the spirit. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes into us. He cleans us out. He refines us. He really, as we talked about last week, he purifies our hearts and our spirits so that God himself can come and dwell in our hearts. Amen. He is the ultimate interior decorator and cleaner. The Holy Spirit comes in. He burns away all of the chaff. He burns away all of our past. He burns away all of the sin and therefore makes a place where God can come and inhabit inside of us. You know, Jack, it's almost like the Holy Ghost activates everything that Jesus gave us at salvation. Amen. The Holy Ghost, oh wow, just he activates. That's good. Because it says, the Holy Spirit said, all I'm ever going to do is talk about Jesus. That's good. Is I'm going to lift up Jesus. So Amen. He's, that activates. Go ahead, and, and I know we're a little off, but go ahead and share. When you got born again, <clears throat> what happened? Well, I grew up in a Methodist as a church. And so I, you know, I was a good guy uh, and all of that. But uh the, the neat thing about God is he's for us. Amen. And uh, years and years ago, I was at a position to where I probably knew about God, but I don't know if God really knew, you know, knew me or anything. But anyway, I was dealing with a situation that was between just me and myself. Amen. And the uh, uh, only person that knew about it was God. And so one night, God in his mercy, when I was all by myself, I came across a scripture. Now, this scripture to me was like a fortune cookie. You know, have you ever gotten these things out of a fortune cookie? And anyway, I found that in, in, in my house. Uh, family was gone. I was all by myself. I really, I was drinking a beer and smoking a cigarette at the time. But I saw this little deal and uh, I picked it up and it was Romans 8.31. And I pick it up and it said, if God be for you, who can be against you? Yeah. And I'm telling you, God was dealing with some deep rooted thing in me that I, I, uh, I did not like what I was doing at the time, it, it, the business I was in. I, I did not like rejection. And, uh, but I never had voiced that to anybody, right. but God knew. That's the great thing about God. God knows. And anyway, I read that and immediately... I truly believe God walked into my space. The, the room lit up. Everything went solid white. I could not stand up. I fell to the floor. I started babbling. But the one thing I remember now is love. Well, did you, did, did you hear love? No. What I just the room was full of the love of God. That's good. And it changed my life. And, and Jesus became so real to me that the next day as I got in the car to go on this trip, I didn't want to go on to make calls on people trying to sell them something. Jesus was so real to me that I opened the door 
he got in and I picked up his robe and set it across his lap and we started off and he looked at me and he said, Jack, if I be for you, who can be against you? And that's been over 50 years ago and it changed my life. Wow. How long did that experience last? Well, here's the deal. About 90 days. Wow. Because I had no one. Listen to this. I had no one around me to verify or to let me know what had happened. Wow. Mary Jean, she thought I was crazy because she said a cuss word. And I said, you shouldn't talk like that. And she said, anyway. <laughs> so we went, to our, <laughs> we went to our minister. I went and shared this with my minister at that time. And uh, all he told me was that, that I had been able to climb up and get a glimpse of heaven. Wow. But now that I did, I was going to fall back to earth and walk out this on the earth. So for about 90 days, I was excited. I, I, I couldn't wait to tell. Somebody would call the house and, and uh, I, I, they'd want to talk to Mary Jean. I'd say, hey, did you hear what happened to me? And wow. what happened? You know, was, did you win the lottery? And I said, no. And I would tell them that experience and they'd say, oh, good. Let me talk to Mary Jean. <laughs> I had no one around me to, to help me to understand what God did in my life. And for seven years... Wow. I went back to being yeah. the old Jack. I knew something had happened, but I had no power. I had no one, yeah. no brothers or sisters in the Lord that knew what happened to, to fortify me Amen. in my walk. But God was gracious and he let it happen again. And That's good. Yeah. Praise God. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But what I want, I want you to grab from that is that when he said the first thing he got was love, you know, um, a lot of people feel like things like the fruit of the Spirit. We get the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, all those types of things. If we put them in the wrong place, they can be frustrating because we don't understand the function of how Amen. they work. When you get born again, when you get that first indwelling of the Holy Spirit, you get access to the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. You do not have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in new tongues to walk in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We all get access, like my father just said, the first thing that he experienced, isn't that amazing? Because God is love and God is light. That the very first Amen. thing that he experienced was love. Now, I want you to notice that my mom was not in the room. His sons were not in the room. Golf was not in the room. <laughs> All these things that he enjoys, that he loved to his ability, were not in the room. It was just God. Amen. So God gave him access to himself. When God dwells in our hearts, love comes with him, and he dwells Amen. in our hearts. Thank and that Lord. is so good. Thank you, Lord. You know, as we're, we're moving through this, we notice that God has really three relations to man. And my dad just alluded to the first one, and that is God is for us. You have to know that God is for you. Amen. If God be for you, who can be against you? Number two, you have to understand that God is with us. Mm. Amen. He's with us. But most importantly, God is in us. Hallelujah. And that's really what we want to talk about. We're going to take a quick break right now. We're going to let you know about some things happening at West Houston Christian Center, give you an opportunity to sow and to give. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. Thank you, Brother Steve, for all that powerful information. <laughs> and uh, we're going to get back into our study about the Holy Spirit. You know, we were touching on something before we went to break. 
where we showed that God had three relations with us. And number one is that God is for you. You know, if you don't leave with anything else today, just know that God is for you. If I know that God is for me, that makes me fearless in anything that I do for him. Amen. Because I know that I'm not alone. If I know that God is with me, that means that no matter what circumstance that I deal with, anything that I walk into, tell them about going into those offices and selling insurance in Corpus Christi at seven o'clock in the morning. Oh, I hated it because people don't usually want to talk to you about insurance, especially not at seven o'clock in the morning. Right. But that it, it, it was so real that Jesus would walk in with me. And as I'm standing there, he would nudge me and he'd say, remember, if I'm for you, it doesn't matter what they say. I'm for you. I'm on your side. It's you and me. And it just, it made all the difference in the world. It it was real. Amen. Now I want you to also recognize something that, that, you know, the just shall live by faith. Amen. God did not create us to live by experiences. Amen. Because even as my dad can attest to, he had probably 90 days, the best 90 days of his life up to that point. But because there wasn't a church, because there wasn't anybody to help him, because there was no discipleship or anything along those lines, that experience began to fade. Even that experience of Jesus being real, nudging, talking, being in the car. Dad tells a part about helping Jesus. It was Jesus was so real that my mom used to drive a Volkswagen. I think we had a Volkswagen in Corpus Christi and dad would go around and open the door and Jesus would step into the car and Jesus was so real. My dad would drop down and pick up his robe and lay it over his lap so it wouldn't get caught in the door. But you know, Jack, everything works by faith. Yeah. And what happened was that after that 90 days, there was no, there was no building up of my faith. There was no... It, it, we need to surround ourselves with like precious people. Yeah. We need to, iron sharpens irons. We need to draw from one another. And when you're by yourself and there's no one to to join with you, wherever two or three are gathered. That's good. And that's why the church is so important. That's so good. And that is why we're, we need one another to help each other grow. Amen. I like the third one, and this is kind of where we'll we'll finish today with, and that is God in us. And that is a total New Testament uh, theology. You know, in the Old Testament, uh, God did specific things with specific people. He would come upon Amen. them and they would do miracles. You know, the, uh, the Holy Spirit would come upon Samson and he would do mighty things of strength. But we get the amazing opportunity for God to be with wow. us. Now, share what happened when we went down to that mission on that Sunday night uh, when, we, uh, when we were kids. Seven years after the Corpus Christi where Jesus got in the car with me, seven years later, we got involved in a a ministry of feeding uh, the street people. There was a little mission up on Hooper Road and uh, we found out about this ministry. And so to do a good thing, we decided we would go up there and take food. So we cooked chicken and on Sunday night, we would drive to this little church and there were about 20, 25 Men off the street, off the street. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are people that live on the street. Most of them were alcoholics. And we went out there and and we took food. And uh, 
Uh, I was uncomfortable. I didn't really like it. Mm -hmm. It was, I had bought a new car and I made sure I parked it where I could look at it and make sure nobody stole it. <laughs> but uh, so we did a good deal. Boy, I said, God, I've got jewels in my crown. We This is really a good job. And so we were only supposed to go one time and then everybody else in the Sunday school class, they would go the next time. And right. it got up to the next week and we got a phone call and said, hey, so-and-so can't go. Would you and Mary Jean mind going back down there? No, I don't want to go back down there. Anyway, we went back down there. We took food and we started getting guys' names, Archie Jack and Bobby and Pops and all of that. And so we did our good thing again and we came home and then uh, here we go. The next week, I get another phone call. Hey, do y'all mind going? I said, I don't want to go back down there. I don't like being down there. So we go. Well, this time we took our three sons. So this is in 1977. So you know how old you were. And uh, so we go back down there. And we're feet, we fed them and we're sitting there and the preacher's going to do a little thing. And the preacher says, we're going to have a bless me service. Who has a prayer request? And uh, anyway, I'm there. <clears throat> and for no other reason than to be cool. That was my only reason. I said, hey, well, my grandmother Pigeon in Austin fell and broke her hip. And... Uh, in the Methodist church, the only person that prayed was the preacher. Right. Okay. But I ain't in the Methodist church. I'm in a Pentecostal church. And so I made that request expecting to look at the pastor and have him pray. And so the pastor says, all right, we're going to pray pops an emotion to this 65 year old drunk, no hair, half his teeth were gone. He had been living on the street for 20 years. Wow. And the pastor points to him and said, Pops, you pray. I'm telling you, I wanted to get up and hit somebody and walk out of there. It made me so mad that he would have this man pray for my grandmother. I was angry. I don't know how long the prayer was. It wasn't more than 20 words, but Pops bowed his head and he said, Lord, I just pray over Sister Pigeon in Austin, Texas, and I ask her to heal. I ask you to heal her. And the same Jesus that walked in my room in Corpus Christi seven years before came in the room again. And it was awesome. I wept. I cried. I remember the boys wanted to know sure. what's, what's wrong with daddy. We what, were crying. What, what, what happened to daddy? Sure. But here, here's the deal. While it was happening, the old Pentecostal preacher, you know, what you want to do is start consoling someone when they're crying. That's good. Which is what some other people wanted to start doing. And he said, no, don't touch him. The Lord is doing a work in his life. And I'm telling you that that was it. Changed everything. Well, because now I got these Pentecostal folks around me that knew exactly right. what happened. They, right. they could see the fullness. They could see that I died, folks. I'm telling you, I just, I just in front of these people, my pride, my ego, my self-esteem, yeah. it's gone. Right. <laughs> it was, it, I, I love that. Uh, and I'm glad my sons were there to experience. Yeah, absolutely. Too. But yeah. that. Now I'm around people. I've been around people now for the, the for the last forty something years. Yeah, that we we strengthen one another. Right. 
Yeah, and it wasn't long after that that we left that church. Oh, yeah, and, uh, went to a Pentecostal we church. We ended up in a Pentecostal church, Brazewood Assembly of God, and everything right. changed Amen. right about then. Amen? Wow. So uh, that part about God, you know, we have become really the temple of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, if Lord. If you go back to the Old Testament, you know, every man in Israel had to present himself in Jerusalem at least once a year in the temple. And it was during that time that they would do a sacrifice of an animal and your sins would be atoned for, which means they would basically yeah. just been covered forward Put a for one more year. <laughs> you weren't forgiven and uh, you were still under uh, you know, a sin mentality and that sin ever lived before you. But at least as far as you and God were concerned, you were okay for one more year. Amen. <laughs> well, when Jesus went to the cross, you know, he prophesied before he left that it was expedient for him to go so that he could send another, the paracletos, the helper, the comforter, the person of the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus didn't want to leave us here all by ourselves. So he left that miracle mantle, the power of the Holy Ghost, so that we could carry on and do the works that he did when he ascended back into heaven. So when he came, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible and it says, and the curtain was rent uh, from top to amen. bottom. And uh, we always ponder why that scripture is in <laughs> that passage because you're, you're, you're hearing about Jesus on the cross and all that he's going through. And then all of a sudden it flashes to what's happening in the temple. Well, what happened simply was, is that it was rent from top to bottom because it needed to be, you know, a man can rip something from the bottom up. But this curtain was 40 feet high, 20 yeah. feet, I'm sorry, 40 feet high, 20 feet wide and over four inches thick. Yeah. And uh, it was God symbolizing, I am ripping this curtain from top to bottom. I am coming out of this holy Amen. of holies where I have been. Uh, so that men could come to me, and I am now going to dwell in the hearts of men. Thank you, Lord. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. First Corinthians three sixteen says, "Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you." First Corinthians six nineteen, "Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost?" Thank you, Lord. Second Corinthians six sixteen says, "And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols?" God said, "I will dwell in them." You know, there's a commercial that talks about you know what's in your wallet, and it's a credit uh -huh. card. But I felt like the Lord said, "What's in your temple?" Good. If we're temples of the Holy Spirit, what am I dragging into the temple on a regular basis? Is it that holy of holies mm. that only God shares? Or am I trying to bring things of the world into the temple? Back in the day, if you went into that temple and you weren't right and you didn't do it the right way, you died instantly. Amen. Amen because that's where God dwells. Amen. So I just want to encourage us as we're coming to the end of the broadcast. What's in your temple? Amen. And if you knew that God was in you, just like he was in that temple thousands of years ago, what wouldn't you be able to do? What wouldn't you be able to believe for? If you know that God is for me and not against me, if he's inside mm -hmm. of me, he's talking to me, he's dwelling. But what we have to do is we have to put aside all of the distractions. The United States of America is the most distracted nation on the face of the earth. We are bombarded all day, every day with media, with news, with sports, social media. And so for us to draw back and to really focus on that thought, to become God inside minded uh, and focusing on that gift of God inside of me Thank himself. Amen.
Thank you, Lord. You know, Jack, to, to finish all of this, in the Gospel of Luke 11th chapter and verse 13, I remember when I got this, uh, when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, it said, if you being evil parents know how to give good That's gifts good. to your children, how much more the Father wants to give the Holy Ghost to them that ask. That's so good. it's the same faith that got us saved mm -hmm. is the same faith that we use to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I, I read that. And I thought, I want that. I, I want to, I want the baptism. I, I want that. If, if, if all I got to do is ask for it. So mm -hmm. I remember going to a, the service that night and there was going to be, if, if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come line up. And I'm thinking, that's me. I'm mm -hmm. going to get it. That's good. All afternoon, the devil talked to me and said, you're going to be a fool. You're mm -hmm. going to act. What if you don't get it? Wow. And I said, no, no. The scripture says, that's good. If I ask for it, Amen. I get it. That's all I needed. So I service was over. The pastor calls everybody up to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's about 20 or 30 of us. I went down front. I'm standing there. This pastor, we had about five pastors. He comes up with these books and was, and I said, sir, I don't need all those books. Right. <laughs> it says, if I ask for Amen. it, I'm going to get it. Do whatever you need to do. Touch me, whatever. I'm going to get it. Amen. And he laid hands on me. And folks, I'm, I'm glad to tell you, I got it. That's so good. And I still got it. So good. <laughs> well, my dad and I are going to be back next week. And we're going to pick this up again as we're talking about this wonderful gift of the Thank Holy you, Spirit. Lord. We don't want to let a broadcast go by that we don't invite you. You know, when he talked about that love coming into his life, if you're somewhere in your life right now, and when we, we use church worlds like being saved and born again, really what we're saying is, is this your soul? Are you thirsty? Are you dry on the inside? Mm. Have you tried to make all your problems That's go good. away yourself? Have you tried, you know, if I could have fixed all my, 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 my drug problems, alcohol problems, girl problems, money problems, I would have. I couldn't fix them on my own. Mm -hmm. I needed a savior. And so what we want to just humbly ask you is that if you would like to know Jesus Christ, if you would like for him to come and live and dwell inside your heart, we just want to pray a simple prayer Thank with you. you. All, it's, all the Bible says is, is that if we just say that, ask Jesus to come into our hearts, just say, dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. And be my Savior. And be my Savior. Lord, your word says. Lord, your word says. That if I confess you as Lord. That if I confess you as Lord. And believe that you were raised from the dead. And believe that you were raised from the dead. That I'll be saved. I'll be saved. Please forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. Become real to me, Jesus. Become real to me, Jesus. I give you my life. I give you my life. Be my savior. Be my savior. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my best friend. Be my best friend. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Wow. Thank you, Lord. The angels in heaven are rejoicing uh, right amen. now over Thank anybody you, that said that prayer for the first time. Amen. If you need more information about what you just prayed or about what we've talked about, we encourage you to, to uh, go to westhoustonchristian.com or email us here at the church. Uh, we got a great church service this Sunday morning. Pastor Jack's going to be preaching and uh, you want to be here for that. God bless you. Jesus is Lord, and we'll see you Sunday. Amen.